0: Hi everyone, and welcome to Best Thoughts Season 3, as we talk about the six basic human needs. You're going to love this material.
1: I'm Dr. Will Johns. And I'm Dr. Rick Johns, and we're so happy to have you with us. And it's really a relevant topic for all of us, but especially for my brother... Who is a very needy person? <laughs> so we want to try to help him this season. Talking about these six needs and how he can finally meet them and stop like following me around like a little lost puppy.
0: <laughs> yes, you know we like to pick topics here on best thoughts that are most meaningful to us personally. Uh, so maybe I subconsciously was drawn to the. <laughs> <laughs> definitely uh, but today as we begin season three talking about these basic human needs we're gonna we're gonna share the first four needs with you uh, the last two are gonna come when those episodes air so you're gonna have to wait for those but the first four we're gonna talk about today and how they relate to each other. And I promise you, once you start seeing these needs and become aware of them in your life, you're going to have so many more options about how you want to approach your life on a day-to-day basis Uh, with some small tweaks. You can make an amazing difference in how your life works for you.
1: For sure, Will. And I think one of the things that people need to understand is these needs are common to all of us you have them, just most of us aren't aware of them. And so becoming aware of them becomes crucial. And And let me give you an, a story to illustrate why I think it's so crucial that we become aware of these core needs. And it's an episode that I saw from the old Star Trek, the original show with William Shatner and Captain Kirk and all those uh, great crew members. And I'm not actually a Trekkie, so those that out there are, forgive me if I say something wrong, but I do enjoy watching the show every once in a while. And somehow I caught this one episode where there was these mysterious deaths that were happening on the Starship Enterprise. And it came right after they visited this foreign planet. And they began to suspect that something had entered their ship from this foreign planet, but they didn't know what it was. Now, what we knew as a watcher is there was a monster that had entered their ship, an alien, and this alien had like these suction cup things all over it, and it would suck the life right out of someone. And then the alien monster would take on the look or the form of the person they had killed. And so there's this really kind of fascinating scene where... The monster has killed one of the leaders on, not one of the major leaders because they never die, but one of the other people that would have been in a meeting. And Captain Kirk is having an emergency meeting with his leaders on the ship. And they're trying to decide what's happening. There's people dying. We keep finding these bodies with like these suction marks on them. And they, they took them to the lab and found out that all the sodium had been sucked out of them. And, and that's what killed them. And so as they're in this meeting, what they don't know is the monster is impersonating one of the crew members, and the monster is in the meeting talking and debating with them on what to do about this mysterious <laughs> creature that's killing everyone. And as Captain Kirk is giving a you know passionate speech, as he always did, in outrage about we've got to find this thing, we've got to protect the crew, the monster impersonating one of the crew members raises his hand and says, but what if this creature doesn't mean to kill anyone? What if this creature isn't harm, you know, harmful? What if this creature is actually harmless and, and these deaths are all just an accident. And of course, Kirk dismisses that. What are you crazy? You know, they're dead. This is my crew. I've got to protect them. We've got to find this thing and kill it and get it off the ship or whatever, And so you hear the monster continue to argue for compassion and maybe the monster just needs sodium. And so the monster kind of explains exactly what's happening, which is the monster needs high levels of sodium. He doesn't mean to kill, but he Mm. has to get that sodium Mm. and the monster Mm. needs that sodium to survive high levels. And so the only way that it can survive is by taking it from others, not wanting to kill them, but it just needs it for itself. And I thought, what a powerful metaphor uh, for us at our neediest, mm. because we all have times where that need overpowers other rational or reasonable behaviors or desires, and it can be very destructive Our pursuit of a certain need that is not met can hurt others, kill others, harm others. It can be destructive in our own life, just like this monster. So that's why
0: we need to be aware of it. Absolutely. That is right on. And when we see the needs that are there in our lives, we can look at there are healthy ways to meet the needs and unhealthy ways to meet the needs. There are good ways to meet the need, and there are harmful ways to meet the need. And if we meet the need in good ways, we're not going to even have a desire to do it in the harmful way. Yeah. and That's that's the beauty of it. But if we are not conscious of what we're doing, we might be like the monster going around harming people or sucking the life out of other
1: people um, to meet our need and not even be aware that we're doing it. Exactly. And when I was watching the show, I was kind of laughing to myself because I think we've all kind of met somebody who just sucks the life out of others. <laughs> and, <laughs> yes. you, and you avoid that person because their needs are just overwhelming. Yes. yes. And you just think, I, I could be a friend to you, but it's too much. You're, you've got to have other ways of meeting these needs so that I don't have to like, be overwhelmed by that. And so, Will, that kind of leads us, what is the first need that we're going to be talking about this season?
0: Yeah, so the first need is the need for certainty. And one of the reasons that certainty is so important is that if we're not certain about something, we will rarely take action. And so the need for certainty is the need to have a sense of, I'm going to commit to this action because I'm certain that it's the right action for me to take. It's very difficult to make a decision when both options seem to be equally the same, Hmm. or all the options on the table seem to to be the same. In fact, they've done studies on individuals who don't feel emotion, and they can't make a decision about anything Hmm. uh, because they don't feel a sense of certainty of this is the decision I want to make, this is where I need to go. And, and so there's healthy and unhealthy ways to meet this need for certainty. Let's start with an unhealthy way. Um, I know of, a, of an individual who was so particular and, and maybe even perfectionistic about her diet because she believed that if she ate the perfect diet that she would never get sick.
1: Hmm. <laughs> and,
0: and so this one time... And, and when I knew her, she was, you know, probably in her 60s. And this one time, she got very sick. In fact, she got a serious case of pneumonia. And in her mind, she had done everything right about her diet. And so she was certain that God would heal her because she'd done everything right. Hmm. And so she refused to go to the hospital. Oh, boy. And now she got more and more sick. And finally, her husband was able to prevail upon her to go to the hospital and get the care that she needed. And thankfully, she recovered in the hospital once she got that care. But I remember visiting her there, and she said, Pastor, I don't understand it. I did everything right. How could I be sick? Yeah. And so her need for certainty about her health led her to an extreme position yeah that really wasn't tangible you know um compatible with reality
1: yeah it overrode common sense yes to the point where she almost killed herself to the point she of almost did the
0: opposite of what she was trying to accomplish <laughs> right and and so certainty taken too far can can lead us to kind of this you know unhealthy, dysfunctional way of meeting the need. But on the positive side, very quickly, one of the best ways to fulfill the need for certainty is to exercise. And I know that may sound like, what? How does, how does that fit that bill? Um, and, and for me, that's been doing cardiovascular exercise, jogging, uh, running, i I've been doing that uh for probably thirty years now, and when you go and exercise, it puts your mind into a very confident and certain state I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but you get back from from a a good workout and you're ready to make decisions hmm. like things are clear you know what to do, and it's because you that extra um Blood and oxygen, you know, flowing through your body has created this mentality of certainty and action and decision, and, and so it's a wonderful, positive way uh, to to meet that need for certainty. And, and there's so many more layers to this that we're going to talk about next week because this is the first one, and so we're going to do an entire episode on the need for certainty and kind of how we can look at that and and. And meet that in healthy and positive ways, rather than falling into the pit of, of meeting it in some dysfunctional way.
1: Yeah, so you can be certain next episode will be
0: <laughs> uncertainty.
1: <laughs> See what I did there?
0: Exactly. We yeah. just met your need for certainty. Yes. Thank you for doing that. No us, fears.
1: Rick. You will get more information on certainty. But,
0: and here's the paradox of these needs... The second need
1: is the need for uncertainty. Mm. Tell us more about that one. You know, that one I relate to more, and maybe because, you know, just looking back on my life, I feel like we were raised in a very certain environment. Mm -hmm. Our dad was a pastor. There was a lot of confidence and faith (laughs) about my parents' uh, beliefs and the structure of our home. My mom was very organized And kept our home very efficient, and there was a schedule, and we knew. She was also very good about rewards and punishments and knowing. We just knew you can do these things, these are the rules, make your bed every day, brush your teeth. Everything was very certain. So I think I grew up with a higher need or feeling for uncertainty, Will. Mm. And uh, when I got in my 30s especially, and it seems like... For many of us, uh, whether you call it a midlife crisis or a midlife uh, transformation, there's this time where you kind of realize, man, I've been doing all the things I should, but now I just have this overwhelming need for a little bit of uncertainty, for something new, for some mm. adventure, for some risk. I'm tired of just you know putting my nose to the grindstone and, and you know working hard and working for the man. And, you know, if you've been married for many years, then that gets kind of certain and familiar. And so you're looking for something a little more uncertain. Now, you can imagine a midlife crisis is an example of how not to get the uncertainty. <laughs> you can go and blow your life up. And a lot of people do that. And congratulations, you've met your need for uncertainty. Yes. <laughs> now you have no family. You have you don't know where you're going to live. You don't know what job you're going to get next. Uh I mean, you can really do that uncertainty thing wrong if you are not aware of the need you're feeling. Mm. But let me tell you one of the ways I felt I did it right was in my 30s, I started getting interested in these obstacle course races, which we mentioned in past episodes. And so I would do these Spartan races and it was so much fun to challenge myself with these obstacles and you never knew what the course was gonna exactly be like. You never knew exactly how hard it would be or what you're going to face. And it was just kind of the epitome of uncertainty when you would line up at that start line and you start chanting. They have you do these chants and then you race out there and you're like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to finish today. I don't know how they're going to torture me or what's around the next corner. <laughs> but I know I'm going to be there and it's going to be uncertain. It's going to be risky and when I get done, I'm going to feel like, wow, I really experienced something today. Yes. When, when I
0: first found this list, Rick, I was kind of surprised to see uncertainty on the list. But, but the more you get into it, the more you realize, like, that's what makes us feel alive, is when we're, when we're facing uncertainty and we're just waiting to see what happens next. And, and we could face that with fear, and then we hate it. We hate the experience. Or you could face it with a spirit of adventure, and you're going to love it.
1: Yes, yes. And
0: that was my experience, too, with Spartan, is that when I faced it with a spirit of adventure, I loved every minute of it, even the painful parts of it. But if I had faced it with fear,
1: it would have been pure torture. Right. So that brings us to our third one, connection and love. Connection and love, I think, to me, are the most obvious need. Uh, I think all of us really want to be connected. We really want to be loved, but sometimes I think we are blind to how much we're not getting that and how much we're pursuing that possibly in damaging and negative ways. What do you think, Will?
0: Yes. I mean, this one, in my opinion, is probably the most obvious um, it's the one that we will probably instantly recognize how we're seeking it currently and how we've sought it our whole lives. Um, my story with this is a simple one from high school. I kind of had a a strange dating experience in high school. We might talk more about it on on uh, the episode regarding connection and love, but there was a girl that I, I really clicked with my freshman year and, and she and I were just kind of like special friends okay and and i guess because of my need for certainty rick i uh, (laughs) i was too scared to call us boyfriend and girlfriend because i thought you know we're young we'll probably just break up anyway and i don't want to go through a breakup and so we were just friends but we acted like a couple yeah in many ways so we had this relationship by the end of my junior year I was kind of tired of everyone telling me that I was dating her. And I kept saying, you know, we're just friends. And of course, nobody believed me. And so finally, I have this conversation with her where I'm like, you know, I know we were never dating, but we need to break up. And so here, the very thing I feared, (laughs) I ended up (laughs) doing. (laughs) And I, you know, so we broke up and then she went on and immediately started officially dating this other guy like two months later. And I instantly got jealous, and I'm like, <laughs> I thought she didn't believe in dating, like I didn't believe in dating, and, and uh, now she's dating. And it kind of like cracked the door open for me, and I decided that I was willing to have a girlfriend. And so I met this other girl who came along and was incredibly friendly and accepting and, and positive towards me. And we started dating. And it was this amazing feeling for me because I felt this deep sense of connection and love.
1: Mm.
0: And it was probably, you know, the first time that I'd really allowed myself to feel that, you know, that romantic love. And it was great. But since then, I've learned that, that real love is a whole nother story. The whole nother ball game, you know it's about someone that's willing to be there for you even when you're at your worst hmm and, and so that's a whole another level that we'll have to talk about later when we have you know more time on this but I think we could clearly see you know really without going into it right now that there are healthy ways to meet this need and there are some very unhealthy ways to meet this need for sure and and the unhealthy ways often involve sexuality and sleeping around and, you know, trying to desperately meet this need through some kind of sexual means that usually has people end up feeling very empty.
1: Well, Will, and and listening to your story, there's a hesitancy on our part to be vulnerable, because you have to be vulnerable in order to experience connection and love. Yes. And so even this kind of serial dating, serial sleeping around Mm. is a way of avoiding vulnerability yes. because you just try to get that quick fix that quick hit so we can definitely talk more about that when we talk on our full episode of connection and love but there are definitely some really damaging ways that you can meet this need
0: well and that that brings us rick to number four and this is the last one we're going to talk about today need number four is the need for purpose the need to feel special. So Rick, tell us more about this one.
1: Yeah, I think this is a core human need. I'm glad it's in our list because it's one that sometimes I think we naturally try to suppress, can even self-hate ourselves because we feel this need and we can be embarrassed by this need, or I think it's just a core need. And you know, Will, I was remembering... Uh, speaking of this need, uh, I'll tell an embarrassing story on myself. <laughs> I remember in 7th grade, without much consciousness probably or awareness of what I was doing, 7th grade you're you're in that transition where you're starting to become independent, starting to find your own identity. And so I decided that a cool way to find my own identity would be to wear one wristband. They were cool in the 80s if of you lived in that time period (laughs) but not two it's one one made you more cool if you wore two that's you know not as cool and then i didn't have a headband or i did maybe have a headband but i decided i would be special and i noticed that my mom had left out the ribbon for wrapping presents one day and for whatever reason i saw like this green and this red ribbon and so i took a strand And tied it around my head, like a headband, but thinner, because I didn't like the thickness of the headbands. And in my seventh grade brain, I thought, oh, this is cool. Like, nobody else is doing this. Not one person is coming, you know, to school with a ribbon headband. And And you nailed it.
0: Because no one else literally was doing
1: that. (laughs) I know. And after I did it, the whole world started doing it, as you all remember from the 80s, how I was a trendsetter. And and for the
0: listener out there that's trying to visualize this, you have to visualize the ribbon that's about a quarter inch thick. Yes. And the ones that you could have, you take the scissors, you know, and you scrape the one side and it curls up yeah that's, that's the one. the ribbon we're talking about the the one that you could never break when you when yeah. its tied around a package yeah uh, he had that around his head folks
1: i had that and i had like two strands you know going down the back because uh, <laughs> that's really cool and i could mix it up you know one day red one day green uh, I think that's all my choices <laughs> but uh, you were certainly special I, uh, in 7th grade. <laughs> I think anyone hearing that story could see that we have a core need to be special to the point where we'll even dress like a present or a gift. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe it was my seventh grade way of telling the women i'm I'm a gift to the to the race of women. <laughs> maybe that's what I was trying to hopefully subconsciously let them know. You're God's gift to women. God's gift to women, that's yes. the phrase I'm looking for. Yes,
0: yes. You know, Rick, as we look at all four of these, one of the things that strikes me is that um, they all matter. there There's really not one is more important than the other. Uh, But there's a couple things we could say about looking at all four of them. One is, if we could find an activity or something that meets three of these needs, it's going to be something that becomes a self-reinforcing positive habit. Hmm. If it's a good activity. If it's a harmful activity, then here's the dangerous part. It will become an addiction if it meets three of these needs. So harmful addiction meeting three of the needs positive self-reinforcing positive habit if it meets three of the needs yeah three yeah. out of the six and and so just going back to your spartan story i see i see uh, probably four of the needs there because You had the certainty that you were going to face some tough obstacles. You had the uncertainty not knowing which obstacles exactly and whether you would make it. You have a connection with the other people that are in the race with you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And you have the specialness of like, not everybody does these races. Yeah, you you get a medal, you get get a a t-shirt, you know, bragging rights, pictures. Man, look at me. Look what I did. Yeah,
1: that's right. Yeah, it definitely was that for me. And it did. Cross multiple needs, and it became something that was very meaningful at a time period in my life that I needed that. So,
0: yeah, absolutely right. But, but on the on another note, Rick, I see a, a positive, healthy spiritual relationship with God as something that, that can meet all of these needs as well. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, God is both certain and uncertain. (laughs) If you know anything about trying to be in relationship with him or doing that spiritual journey, uh, you have to become content and uh, okay, make peace with uncertainty because there's a lot you don't know. But you also have a certainty that there is someone, something that is good, that is On your side, as you try to make good and healthy decisions, there's, Mm. you, you start to sense that there's this benevolent force, if you want to use that in secular terms or in Christian terms, a loving God who is helping you to be better, is working things out. So, uh, and then the specialness, of course, and the connection, spirituality is right at the core of making you feel connected, connected to the world, to nature, to everything. And then, of course, the specialness of recognizing we do have infinite value. It's not just a a freak of coincidence or evolution that you exist.
0: Yeah, I think that that sense of purpose, of specialness, of meaning that comes from knowing that we matter to God, that, that we were created by God, we're not here by accident yep that we actually have a unique giftedness to give in this world that's such a healthy way to meet that particular need and also the love that we can receive from god directly yeah it's a wonderful way to meet that need then we have love to give others which means it's more likely that we're going to get love back from those individuals
1: absolutely And now's a good time as we wrap this up just to let our listeners know there's still two more needs and these two needs, the last two are really what take you to that next level. If you want to go from just existing, just having a basic contentedness with life to actually thriving, then you're going to have to stay tuned because when we get to five and six, that's where you really learn to thrive. So I just encourage our listeners to hang with us through these uh, next episodes until we can show you the whole picture so that when you come out the other end, you know what needs to happen in your life to thrive and to flourish.
0: And let me just say this to kind of create a framework for all of this is if you have serious unmet needs in needs one through four, you're going to feel very dissatisfied and frustrated and angry in life, hmm. maybe anxious, maybe depressed. There's going to be a lot of like, you know, huge gaps that you're just not going to feel good. But if you successfully meet the first four, there will be a sense of basic contentedness, but maybe some boredom, maybe some emptiness, maybe some restlessness. Like you said, Rick, it's those, it's need five and six then takes us to this highest level of pure fulfillment and joy and excitement where we really feel fully alive and we wake up each morning excited about living the next day. Uh, so there's there is a lot that we're going to be able to say about all of these needs and healthy and unhealthy ways that we can meet these needs, how we increase our awareness. but we're not there yet. so you're gonna have to hang in there with us as we uh, move forward these needs and next week talk about need number one the need for certainty
1: well said will thanks so much everybody for listening to our first episode in this new season stay with us as the future episodes will unfold as we address these six basic human needs until then you've been listening to best thoughts with dr rick johns and dr will johns Well said, Will. That concludes our first episode in this new season on our six basic human needs. Our next episode will be available next week, so stay tuned. We look forward to talking with you then. But until then, you've been listening to Best Thoughts with Dr. Rick Johns and Dr. Will Johns. Thank you. Have a great week. Well said, Will. And that concludes our first episode of this new season. And I hope we've sparked your curiosity to hear the future episodes. Next episode is coming out next week, and we're certain of that, so look forward to it. But until then, you've been listening to Best Thoughts with Dr. Rick Johns and Dr. Will Johns. Have a great week.